Josh, uh, first things first, you guys had a tremendous run, and I know there's still some games left to be played in that state tournament that's coming up in our backyard at the Shields Arena here not too far from now. But what has it been about this year's team to kind of just understand to grind out games, whether it's a win or a tie, and ultimately at the end of the day in hockey, you want to get a couple points with a win or a tie. What has it been about this year's team, Josh, just to kind of, if they're struggling, to persevere and get through it? Well, uh, first and foremost, it takes everybody. I mean, uh, we need all five players on the ice pulling the rope in the same direction and, and understanding what their job or their role is in that particular moment and uh, just sticking with the process. So getting better day by day at practice, but also in games, shift by shift, um, you know, focusing on the next one and, and how we can improve our chances of getting the win or, or uh, you know, playing situational hockey and locking down the defensive zone when we need to. It's, it's just about, uh, you know, buying into to that and and recognizing that uh, your play is just important to, as the kid to the next uh, excuse me your play is just as important as your teammate uh, next to you and that uh, you know we need everybody to accomplish our goals before we talk about the balance of your scoring and alongside assists and just kind of what we've seen between the pipes this year with Kennedy Cook, let's talk about uh, eighth year in your program, Josh. When you took over this, when Fargo Davies kind of became its own entity, can you just describe the journey of kind of the last eight years and how everything has just kind of came together over the last decade or so now? Sure, yeah. The numbers shifted um, about six years ago. And so we went, well, eight years ago it was – it was uh, Fargo North and Fargo South, and then uh, the next two years were a Fargo South and Davies co-op, and then six years ago it shifted to where North South started their co-op and Davies was a standalone program, um, all driven by numbers of the youth program coming up um, and projected out. When we first started as a program, we had 16 players and only one goalie, and we didn't have two goalies or a full roster until four years into the program. So um, now, of course, we have a full roster, and uh, as the numbers have increased in the youth program, the depth of talent has increased as well. Which kind of goes to my next question. Are you seeing, not just within your program, but are you seeing this across the state in terms of numbers increasing in girls' hockey in the last you know couple uh, of seasons here, Josh? Uh, yes. So I think uh, a lot of the programs, specific, uh, Fargo and West Fargo have an intro to hockey program, and I know Bismarck uh, does as well. The rest of the state is, is introducing it and continues to introduce it. Um, and the retention rate on that program has been uh, crazy, quite frankly. And uh, that that continued growth at the youth level, the ADM model to develop our American players um, with a little bit of consistency uh, throughout uh, the country uh, has helped as well. And so you're seeing, again, an increase in the, in the depth of the talent pool. And the one thing that I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be asking is, when is Bismarck High going to have more than one team, or or when will a, a Grand Forks team? And I think if you get these youth numbers continuing, we're probably going to see in the short term, maybe sooner rather than later, Josh, where we might see the growth of not just the girls that are participating, but the growth of high school teams in the state. That would be the goal, um, again, to get as many youth players playing as possible so that it uh, you know forces the hand of of those high school programs, but as, as far as the individual, um, you know, communities you mentioned, I have no idea what their, sure. their numbers project out to be. At Josh Izzertel with Fargo Davies, the head girls hockey coach. They've had, again, a tremendous season, 19-0-3 on the year. I know you tied with a Devil's Lake last night, but Kennedy Cook, between the pipes, it seems like anytime I'm looking down at your box score and looking at the numbers, she's got 
uh, almost a shutout or only giving up one goal a game? What has it been about Kennedy Cook, or is it the defense that's playing in front of her that's allowing her to see the puck well and, and kind of get that glove or at least that stick on that puck and get those staves this season? It's a combination of both. I think uh, mentally she's she's steady out there. So, you know, one, one goal against her or a, a bad shot or an unlucky bounce that doesn't affect her. She has a, an ability to move on to the next play. And so I think that helps uh, her personally. And then, again, we, we really focus on, on being structurally sound in front of her and, and playing as a group of five in all three zones, so hopefully limiting odd man rushes. And then, again, taking care of our own end. And part of that is just being able to break the puck out efficiently so we don't spend a ton of time in the defensive zone. And I think those things combined have uh, you know helped produce the results that, that Cooker has seen for us this year. And for your squad, you look down at your roster, you got a couple of seniors, a handful of juniors, a lot of sophomores and some freshmen playing some varsity minutes this year. But for your seniors with Paige Hansen and Faith Morris, they both have around 29 points, I believe. Paige with 17 goals, Faith with 12 goals on the season. What has it been about those two playing defense and forward specifically for Paige and Faith with what they've been able to do as a senior leadership to this year's team, Josh? Yeah, I well, I mean, Paige is, has... Uh... Uh, has really taken the offensive flair in her game to the next level this year. Uh, she's always been a key contributor offensively for us and, and a steady presence on the back end, you know, lining up against the other team's top, top players. Um, but again, she's, she's got rewarded for the work that she's put in this year. And uh, it, it's nice to see in faith again, she's been a, a two-time captain for us. So she oozes leadership and, and uh, again, she, she has, um, a lot of offensive gifts, and uh, it's been nice to see her her get rewarded in the offensive zone for that. Yeah. Both of them have been great teammates this year, and uh, it's been been great to send them out uh, with the year that they've both been having so far. But we're not done yet. No, you're not done yet, and the regular season gets done later this week for all teams, and then you get to that state tournament, which is going to be in your own backyard at the Shields Arena. So for your squad here, Josh, when you look at kind of your team, what are you going to be doing here in this next week before you get to that state tournament in terms of the little things that you're going to try to uh, tell your squad and what they need to accomplish here in practice before you kind of get to that quarterfinal round matchup? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we have a, a big game this Friday against Bismarck. Uh, that'll decide the n- number one and number two seed heading into the state tournament. Uh, so that's a big, big game, and also a, 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 a nice tune-up game for state. You can't ask for anything better going into that than than playing the five-time defending state champs. And then when it comes to tournament time, it's all about preparation. You take everything that you've you've learned uh, at practice and applied in games, and and all the lessons from the ups and downs of the season, and and you you be as prepared as you can for that opening round game. And it's it's going to be a battle this year. Um, all teams are competitive. There's parity in the league like we've never seen before. And uh, the goaltending in the state, you know, ha- has been phenomenal. Just look at last night's game uh, against Devil's Lake. Molly Black has a 45 save, uh, one goal against performance. And um, that isn't the only time she's done that. And then there's other goaltenders that have, have, absolutely uh played rock solid in front of teams that are dangerous with you know multiple kids that can go and score if you give them an opportunity so it should be a lot of fun and 
and we're looking to to prepare the best we can so we can put our best foot forward when it matters most. There definitely is something about this time of the year on the ice when you start seeing in Minnesota sectionals going on already or on the boys' side in the EDC hockey tournament, you're already getting to that point of you win and you advance, you lose and you go home, and then the high school girls' hockey state tournament again a week from really uh, tomorrow starting up at the Shields Arena in Fargo here. Last thing for you, Josh, you know, I always kind of have to ask hockey coaches this. I'm more of a basketball guy, just to be honest, and I know in the game of basketball, if you're a head coach, you can kind of control the game a little bit more. You can maybe take a timeout, design a play uh, off the inbounds. You can design a play. In hockey, I don't know how many design plays that you can kind of run. So as a coach, do you feel like you you have a lot of control with what you're able to do, or do you feel like hockey is more of a player's game going, you're going to put your fundamentals in, you're going to put your game plan in, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be the players on the ice that's going to determine it because you're not going to be like, for example, a football or a basketball coach calling plays, you know, every other possession. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have our, our basic structure. We have our basic four checks and neutral zone coverages and neutral zone or excuse me, defensive zone coverages. But, uh, you know, we might make minor adjustments to a line here or there, or if somebody's going, we might plug somebody up or down the lineup. But other than that, I mean, it, it really is, we have our game plan. Um, we need to go out and execute our game plan and uh, leave everything out there, you know. Hey, Josh, thank you very much uh, for the time. Best of luck against Bismarck High coming up on Friday and also going into that uh, state tournament next week here at the Shields Arena. Appreciate the time. Thanks. Steve, you know, I always talk to coaches at the start of the year, and sometimes you're bringing back a lot of starters, so you feel like you should be pretty good. Sometimes you are graduated everybody, and you're not sure what you have. Is that time the most difficult time as a coach? Is it where you go to school and it's dark, and you leave school and it's dark because we don't get enough daylight in January and December? Or, as a coach, is it kind of this time? Because, really, you look down in both hands, that's about as many practices you have left, barring how the EDC tournament goes, Steve. You know, I'd say this time of year is probably a little tougher because you're right, we're trying to get ourselves prepared for tournaments um, and, and fine-tune the things that we want to be able to do, where at the beginning of the year, you're you're doing everything to start. Um, but right now, we have three big EDC games left, and last night, myself and the coaches sat down, what do we want to do? What do we want to really get good at going into these last three games into the tournament so I'd say right now is probably the hardest part because you're trying to get your girls ready to go every night from here on out and as you mentioned the EDC tournament you have some games which could possibly put you at that two seed or if you don't play so well all of a sudden if Davies and Red River play well and you still got a game with the Rough Riders left in your schedule you could be down to a three or four so every game really down the stretch Steve kind of already has a little playoff feel even if you're not playing Davies or Red River right now. You know, you, you look at the, our remaining schedule. We got Central on Friday night, which is a two-point game at Central, which is always tough to play in Grand Forks. Then we go to Valley City on Tuesday and then Red River on Thursday. Um, the way we talk about right now, we, you know, we got to worry about Central on Friday, but that's a two-point game. We can win that one, and we can win the Valley City one. We've got second locked up, regardless of what happens with Red River. And that's got to be something I'm sure that you'll be talking with the with your team too, understanding that, hey, if we can get these next two wins, 
Red River, then if you got a girl sick or got a girl that's a little banged up, you can give them some time to prep for the EDC tournament. And Steve, going to the EDC tournament, I know before, uh, you know, if you go back a while, you always was played at the Fargo Civic Center and the games were on every radio station and they're even televised on Fox. And for a while, they went to the Alaris Center to play the quarterfinals and alongside the semis and the championship. And and now the EDC for the last couple of years, uh, Steve has used the, well, at home in the quarterfinals, if you're seed one through four, you at least get one more home game before now going to the Shields Center and playing the semis and, and the state qualifier and the championship. Do you like how the EDC tournament has it now where maybe the regular season means something if you're a top four seed to kind of get one more home game if you're a senior? Absolutely. You know, it's important. That first round game is huge for everyone that plays in it. And to be able to stay at home and not have to travel gives you a little bit of advantage because you're not going to have to drive an hour or two hours to get to your game. Um, and you can prepare prepare them, hey, this is where our first-round game is. And I'll tell you what, the shack is unbelievable atmosphere now. Um, you know, I always love the Civic Center, and I always will, but the shack has a great surrounding, and it's just a fun place to play. We're talking with Fargo Shanley Girls basketball head coach Steve Jacobson. Steve, what did you like about the Fargo Civic? Because I agree with you that the people are right on top of you. It's kind of got that you know horseshoe uh, feel to it. It seems like if you're in the second row, you could probably hear the coach <laughs> what they were going to tell the players in, in the first row right behind the bench. Uh, what did you like about the Civic Center? And I guess what do you like now about the Shield Center when that EDC tournament goes there for both girls and guys coming up in a couple weeks? You know, you know, you talk about the Civic Center. If they could, if they could ever replace that floor, it, it's just a great basketball atmosphere. Um, there isn't a bad seat in the house at the Civic. Um, way back when, we used to hold the state girls tournament there, and, mm-hmm. and when that place is packed, it's loud. You know, now you talk about NDSU and the Shield Center. It's the same atmosphere. You're in that sort of a bowl situation, and uh, you know, all the echoes, you can hear them all, especially in a big crowd situation. You know, it just makes it fun for the for the girls to play. And, you know, for your team, Steve, I know that there's some aspirations of getting back to a state tournament, trying to compete at the state tournament, trying to win a title. Because let's be honest, Riley Payne, Hadley Huber, Hope Wilson, and Olivia Manuel, your senior class, they kind of can remember the Sarah Jacobsons and the Lauren Rotundas of the world. And they even played in a state title game as well with Riley Payne and Hadley Huber. What's it going to take, Steve, for, for this squad uh, to kind of give the senior class that one more chance to first obviously get to state, then second try to, you know, play, um, you know, in a semifinal game with a shot to play for a state championship once you go down the line. I know as a coach, I'm asking you to look farther than one day ahead, Steve, and I know that's always tough to do, but uh, just kind of, you know, let, let's go back and forth and say if you guys get through the EDC tournament, what's it going to take for this team to get to state again, Steve? Well, here's what, you know, Riley and Hadley were on the team their eighth grade year when we won that state title for the third time. And then we went back there the following year as as a freshman and ended up losing a legacy, I think, by two points in the state championship game. And and they remember that. But the nice thing right now is our senior leadership has been fantastic, and, and they have pushed the younger girls along, and they're all starting to believe that it's a, possibility, not even a possibility, that they can win a state championship with this team. And that's what you need going in is having confidence. 
And the nice thing, too, is when you get a Mo Hakeem on the inside who's a junior playing well, I know if Emily Strama plays well for you guys just because of her size at six foot three. So, so Steve, when people go up to you and go, geez, you're bringing in a six-footer and then you're leaving a six-footer with another six-plus-footer, uh, I know size you can't coach, but size is nice in the game of basketball sometimes, isn't it, with that height? You know, it, it, it's fun. You know, we've got two post players right now. Um, you brought up Mo. She's playing almost as well as she can at this point, but she still has a lot to learn. But teams struggle with her. She's so athletic and she's physical and, and and she's learning every day. And, you know, if you don't have a horse to put on her to stop her, she's going to score 16 to 20 points a night and get 10 rebounds. And that opens everything else up for us on the outside. I mean, Olivia Manuel has come in big for us a few games. Um, and I'll give Olivia Manuel credit. Her defense, has been one of the best I've seen all year out of any player in in the state, you know, and that's just her attitude. We're going to go out there and we're going to do the best we can. And Hope Wilson, I give her credit. She doesn't get a lot of playing time, but when she gets in the game, she does everything right. You know, she's such a good um, young lady that, you know, her attitude is fantastic. Again, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, and then we also have some younger kids that are starting to step up this time of year. Mariah Bird played last night and, and did a fantastic job, and she never had that opportunity until last night. So we're on the right track right now to get ourselves to that state tournament. Final thing for Steve Jacobson, head coach of the Fargo-Shanley Deacon girls basketball team. And, Steve, I think when people think of Fargo-Shanley girls, obviously in the short term they will remember that you know 70-plus game winning streak, winning three straight games, as you kind of alluded to, when Hadley and Riley Payne were eighth graders, you know, part of that team. Uh, what is it like, though, to kind of go even farther back and through history to kind of go, okay, we've had some girls who have went on and played collegiately. We've had some girls who went on to play in the Big 12, Division One, D2, D3, NAIA. How big of that is is that as a coach for you when you can come in and kind of see, okay, the next generation's coming through and they might get a shot at the collegiate level. And if you're a fifth or sixth grader, in the back of your mind, I'm sure as a coach you're going, hey, in a couple of years if those girls continue to work at it, they could be part of the program and they could be the next Riley Payne or the Lauren Rotundas or the Olivia Frazee, so to speak, of the world, Steve. You know, and that's the one thing I'll give credit to former coaches is that the Shanley Girls basketball program, starting with Craig Murray, Rick Fletcher, Tim Jacobson, you look at what they've done for this program, and I'm just trying to continue the program and make it, you know, hopefully a little better. But it all started back then. And and another nice thing is all these girls are buying into that system and they want to be that next state champion, and they're all working hard. I mean, we're starting down to the fifth grade. They're working hard. They see that right now and know that it's possible hey steve as always thank you very much for your time i'm sure we'll see you at a gym sometime soon and best of luck down the stretch here in the edc uh, regular season okay yeah i appreciate it chase and uh, you have a great day